Welcome to Chats with Susan Burrell, and that's me. I help strong, capable women who have pockets of self-doubt access their inner wisdom and clarify their own truth. Chats with Susan Burrell is where we have rich conversations about empowerment, radiating your brilliance out into the world, and loving yourself more than you ever have before. And who doesn't want that? So let's get started. So today I have joining me a, 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 a woman that I have never met, but we are so connected already. I'm like getting all these infinite like tingles and chills just talking to her before we start the show. So I'm excited to have a woman who's written a couple of books about dreams and how to uh, empower your life because of them. Um, the books are called Have a Great Dream. We're going to have a conversation about dreams, but I want to welcome Lainey Delphin. Hi, Lainey. Hello, Susan. How are you? I'm great. I am so great. I'm so excited to have this conversation because I I'll share with you. I'm, I've done lots of different modalities. You know, I'm an intuitive healer and a spiritual guide. And so I've tried lots of stuff, but the thing I haven't done is analyze my dreams. And it... I, I have dreams, especially in the last year. My dreams have gotten more like pay attention to me dreams. But, right. and I'm sure that's happening to everybody on the planet. But I, when I think about them in the morning, I'm like, huh, I wonder what that means. And then I go on my day. So Have a Great Dream, your book, Have a Great Dream, is, is about analyzing. That's right. That's right. And, it's called, and the, the books are called have a great dream and so is my site because where I come from, all dreams are great, especially nightmares. Oh and my God, that makes me crazy. Very healthy, very Why? healthy. Why? Why do you want to have a nightmare? <laughs> well, whenever I, I just feel always compelled to say in this uh, part of a discussion, I always feel compelled to say, welcome to the human race because uh, in our waking life, our conscious mind, we human beings are adept at lying, avoiding, sweeping, denying. Oh boy, that's are we ever. Call, yeah, and that's what I call welcome to the human race. But your unconscious never ever lies to you. And so when we go to sleep at night, actually the dream is the conversation that you're having with yourself about a very specific current issue in your life this week that's bugging you. So I love to go deep and you'll find that out during this conversation, but I am a first things first kind of person. And before I go deep, I like to know what is the surface thing? What's the first level? And the first level, the dream is always about something that you thought about yesterday or something that happened to you yesterday. And huh. so the first thing I do is teach dreamers the language of metaphor, really, that's what I'm very good at, the language of metaphor, which you get good at anything that you do for 45 years. <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. So, yeah. so I, I had heard years ago, it was a friend of mine who became a psychologist, and she said, uh, talking about dreams one day, she said that everything that's in your dream is a reflection of a part of you that you need to work out or haven't addressed. Oh, I, I love that you're- is that true? Beginning, yes, and I love that you're beginning the premise of our discussion on that note. 
because yes, you are Jung, Carl Jung would have said that you are the director, you're the producer, and you're all the players. It's your script. And so uh, what I do is ask a series of interview questions to the dreamer that help them uncover what part of the dream they're most connected to and what their associations are to the different people, places, and things, because really it's all an extension of yourself. Okay. So, okay. So I'm, I'm wiggling a little bit, Lainey. I'm wiggling like a worm on a hook because like lately, um, and I imagine, like I said earlier, a lot of people are going through this. Lately, I've been having dreams where my ex-husband is in them because I, oh, because I was going through some resolution stuff that, uh, some, some financial stuff that had to be resolved. But he was coming in and prodding me and poking at me, you know, in right. ways that he used to do. And then there were times where, and this was over the course of like a month and a half. And when I would say, you cannot come in my dreams, He'd go away for a while. Right. So do, do, do you, okay, so here's my question. Do okay. you think that other people can come into our dreams and insert themselves? You know, I, I mean, we just, you just said that everything is a part of us, right? That that's what Jung believes, but. Right. Are there people, conscious or unconscious, that can do that and affect you? Are you following what I'm saying? Yes, but you're there. There you go, getting deep on me now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to give you like a backdrop, actually. Mm -hmm. I think if I give us a backdrop, then you'll understand exactly where I'm coming from going forward. And okay. I, uh, and, and it's based on the, the premise of what you were just discussing about all the parts of the dream representing different parts of you. And when we come into, so I'm going deep, fast. Yay, that's how I like it. Oh, good. Okay, that's great. And so when we come into the world, we come in whole. We have the ability to be selfish, to be giving, to be shy, to be assertive, to be a hero, to be a chicken, to be an initiator or a receiver. Uh -huh. You know, the people that always do the calling and always yes. do the initiating. And the other people who never call you. And they're mm -hmm. always on the receiving end. And so what happens is we come into the world with a plethora of possibilities. And the people that bring us up teach us that it's more cool to be one way than another way. And the best and fastest example I can give you, and I'm going to finish this uh, uh, um, uh, proposal that I'm uh, putting out there with a one picture dream so that you'll really understand where I'm going. Okay. And um, so, for example, if you're brought up in a home with siblings, you probably got the message that it's not okay to be selfish because you hear sentences like, go share your toys with your brother, go look after your sister. And so you're, you know, and you have to share your parents' attention. And so you learn by living that it's not okay to be selfish. And mm -hmm. conversely, if you're brought up as an only child, you don't have to share your parents' attention or your toys or anything. And you start to get comfortable or Frederick Pearls, I'm eclectic in my approach, and Frederick Pearls would have called it that we have underinvested aspects of our personality and overinvested aspects. Oh, and wait, let's tease that out, Lainey. What what do you mean I call by it, 
I call it over and under exercised. So if you're a person who was brought up in a home with siblings, mm -hmm. you are probably over exercised in giving. And those are the kind of people that can't say no. They can't I say no. And, and have they, hard time with boundaries. I'm raising my hand, have hard time yes, with boundaries. Yes. Yes. Got and, it. And, and, the, and people who are, uh, and so those people that we're talking about are um, underinvested in their selfish potential. And uh -huh. for me, in, in any discussion with me, you will soon discover there's no such thing as right or wrong or good or bad. There's no such thing. For me, there's appropriate or inappropriate. Mm -hmm. so there's this man and, uh, and I'll just add to about the over and under exercised is that we can take all the parts back. It's just the matter of exercising aspects of your personality that you are underinvested in. Jung would have called the underinvested parts your shadows. And you can take back your shadows and exercise them. So I'm not saying that change is easy, but I am saying that change is possible. So, so Lainey, in what you just said about taking back your shadows, so that might be a little frightening to people going kind of back around to nightmares. But in, in my experience, and what you just were saying, just to tease that out more, is the, those aspects what, uh, that are underdeveloped, what you just said, or not exercised, those aspects that we are now in our lingo in the world calling it shadow things are really other pieces of ourselves, right? That appear in the dream. And, and, and we need to integrate that part or, le or, it, or like you yes. said, exercise it so it doesn't come and cause us to not do the thing we're really here to do or be who right. we're supposed right. to be. Right, and, and we're so, so sophisticated. The unconscious is so miraculously sophisticated. It still freaks me out, like 45 years later, how unbelievably precise the unconscious is that it chooses images, not random. You choose the right people, places, and things in the dream that specifically address the specific current issue that you're trying to problem solve. And I'm just gonna finish by giving you a one picture dream. Here's a man, he dreams he's, it's, he's climbing up a ladder and papers are everywhere. There's papers all, and the higher he goes up this very high ladder, the more the papers are piling up and blocking his way of getting up. And at the very top of the ladder is this guy that was his college roommate who mm. he hasn't in like over 20 years and so um, the dream turned out to be about the fact that the dreamer who interestingly comes from a home of full of siblings he, he, the dream was about the fact that he had piles of work on his desk papers papers everywhere and his friends called him the day before and asked him try to make plans with him to go and see a movie and he just didn't have what it takes to say no. And who is at the top of the ladder encouraging him is this roommate that he had in school so many years ago and using a symbol's point of entry, because I'm gonna give you several points of entry to uncover the meaning of the dream and also to uncover the solution. And when I asked him, what are the first two or three things that come to your mind about that roommate? He said, well, he's a selfish, take care of me first kind of guy. That was his language, the dreamer. 
a selfish take care of me first. And that is the aspect of the dreamer's personality that he needs to access in this specific situation. He needs to be able to say to his friends, I'm oh. sorry, I can't go to a movie. I've got this pile of work on my oh. desk and I need to pay attention to myself to make myself feel better by catching my work up. So he oh. needs to access, because the dreamer is saying nothing, he's gonna pick somebody who he associates with as the antithesis of himself. He's gonna pick the self most selfish person that he knows and he links back. So your database, you know, which I every single memory and association that you have ever had since you're born is sitting there in your database or if you're over 50, I call it a filing cabinet. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. When, when you dream and you wanna say something to yourself, the filing cabinet opens up for this dreamer, for example, and every single person that he associates as being selfish is there. And they are all interchangeable. He can pick his roommate from 20 years ago. He can pick his sister. <laughs> he can pick anybody who he associates as not only selfish, but someone who's very comfortable with that role. Yes. Oh, you know what? You just described my ex-husband. <laughs> and so no wonder, no wonder he was poking his head and coming in and walking around in my dreams like he owned the place because that's, I had to fight really hard to build boundaries to, to sustain myself and learn how to empower myself without him. Right. What to do, which I think a lot of what, you know, I, I didn't share this with you before we came on air, but I'm, I was married for 28 years and the divorce was heinous and the aftermath has been not, it's been, I don't know. It just is what it is. But um, that's why I am being drawn to work with clients that have gone through divorce and cannot figure out how to build a boundary or how to love themselves because they've been in right. And so this is, this makes sense to me where you could. Yeah, this is perfect. And let me, I want, it makes me want to give you a personal example now that you got so personal. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was brought up in a home with a European, uh, oh wow, how did that happen? Good. For example, I was brought up uh, by, I want to say European parents, but really my, it was my dad who was from uh, Romania and my mom was born in Montreal, but it doesn't matter because she was brought up by European parents. And basically that's how I was brought up. So my dad was the most wonderful guy who had a really bad temper. And if he was yelling at me when I was six or seven, I couldn't look at him and say, excuse me, I don't like how you're talking to me right now because I would have landed up in my bedroom. That was considered very disrespectful. Yep. So I learned to become underinvested in speaking up and overinvested in shutting up. Oh my and gosh. It sounds like we had a similar childhood. Yikes. And so uh, when I was uh, 40, because I've been studying dreams for 45 years, and when I was uh, 40, that was the same year that I was studying at the Alfred Adler Institute. And I was also, that was the year my dad died and I was finding my voice. And so one night I had um, an argument with Andrew, who is my sweet husband, who's also an absolute doll with a horrible temper. 
And we had an argument and he opened up his big mouth to me. And I stood there shaking in my boots like I'm seven years old. And that night I went to sleep because it's that same thing we were talking about before when you're doing absolutely nothing about something or your response is what I call inappropriate mm -hmm. to situation mm -hmm. you know, and the dream is going to overreact to your underreaction and wow. that's what happens with the people or a nightmare or whatever it's a, a response to your underreaction so i dreamt about an aunt of mine who had already been dead for about 15 years and again as the la similar in the latter dream but don't worry because i'll give you other points of entry but in this one it was also a symbol's point of entry and i asked myself what comes to my mind when i think about that woman and i could tell you she had the biggest mouth she had such a big mouth she was probably the most assertive person i ever met ah. and so um if she didn't like you she had no problem telling you and because i understood that she was the solution to the current issue with andy I needed to access that potential in myself. And I'm not gonna become a big, you know, assertive person like her overnight, but I understood that I needed to tap that aspect of myself because Andy's my equal. I don't need to stand there shaking in my boots. It's not an appropriate response. Mm -hmm. And so I woke up the next morning just taking a little bit of her. It's like your first time in the gym. You're just using a muscle for the first time. You want to be nice to yourself. So I wake up and I say to him, Andy, I don't like the way you spoke to me last night. When you raise your voice at me like that, it makes me feel like I'm seven and you're my dad. You know, so here we are 26 years later because I'm 66. I've been exercising that muscle for the last <laughs> years. And I can assure you, Andy stopped yelling at me years and years ago. Because when you start displaying another response, then your knee jerk, you know, your knee jerk over exercised aspect of yourself, you automatically change the dynamic of the relationship that you have with your with the people around you. It's automatic. It's like it's like uh, removing one of those uh, pieces of a child's mobile and how if you take that piece off, everything is shaking, but it does reach a new position. A new equilibrium. That's right. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lainey, because um, some of my clients that I work with, they don't even realize that some of their behavior that, that you would say is under-exercised comes from uh, it comes from their childhood or in some cases I've seen where it comes from a past life that has been brought forward because they just haven't been aware consciously that there's a muscle, a new muscle they need to develop. Uh, that's right. Like speaking up for yourself. That's right. And the prize that you get, because there's always a prize, <laughs> is that you, you take back, like I don't even golf. But in the second book, I call it uh, playing a different game on the back nine. Because uh -huh. I played the first 40 years was my parents' idea of who I am. And the next 40 years, the back nine, you take back all these different parts of yourself. It puts you in a very powerful position, by the way. Because if you need to access that pushy, controlling part of that 
is a part of you that you're not familiar with because you bring your husband, your ex-husband into the dream to connect yourself with that potential that you have, right? That it's not random that he appears on that particular night in that particular way. You want to look at what current situation you want to uncover. What's the situation this week that triggered this dream? And then after you've done that, we go back into the dream and I help people understand what a solution looks like when it comes in the form of a metaphor. Uh-huh. And I sometimes, sometimes it's the action. Like I, I don't know how much time we have, but I'm dying to give you another example. Give me uh, another example. Well, there's a woman who's dreaming that she's at a picnic and this also uh, c- comes out of the second book. Um, She's at a picnic and she describes a picnic as eating outside on a blanket and it's fun and it's sunny and it's relaxing. That's how she described a a picnic because we don't want my associations to picnics. We want the dreamers association. And because our associations are as unique as a fingerprint, you cannot tell a dreamer what their dream is about. What you could do is you can tell them what it would be if it was your dream mm-hmm. or, you know, because it's all going to be a projection. And so she, that's her definition, eating outside of a blanket. It's relaxing, it's sunny and it's fun. And then at first there's a few ants. And then she says, suddenly there's an escalation of feelings because feelings is another point of entry. So at first she's relaxed and a couple of ants not bothering her. And all of a sudden it's a horde of ants that are, everywhere ruining the picnic and what is the dreamer doing in the dream she's trying to push the ants away with her hands Uh uh-huh before you even know the dreamer or anything about her we already know that the dream is either reflecting her underreaction because if you take the story out to waking life you could never get rid of ants with pushing them away with your hand right especially a horde of ants, that's not working. And so the dream turned out to be about the fact that she's having an affair. And at first, the small ants that are not disturbing the picnic are her kids, his kids, her husband, his wife. But then what escalated the situation, and you see the escalation in the feelings of the dream, how it starts out one way and it turns into something out of her control, which is interesting because it is out of her control, he got transferred an hour and a half away from home. That means that now, if she wants to continue the affair, she's going to have to drive an hour and a half to get to him, probably needs about an hour and a half to be with him, and then an hour and a half back. And is that enough time to be picking up the children at school? I don't think so. Wow. So it was a dilemma and that's why it turns into a words event. And now we know, I mean, when I heard the dream, one of the ways of you can get a solution is by taking the the, uh, pictures in the dream, take it out into waking life and test. That's a good test to see, is the dreamer's response in the dream appropriate to the situation? And I said to her, well, it sounds like you have to get the raid (laughs) and that's very visual and Jung used a lot of that active imagination he called it Mm -hmm. because if you change the pictures of your dream it is the same thing I repeat 
it is the same thing as changing your mind. And Seriously? When, absolutely. If you go downtown because you want to buy a shirt and then you land up seeing a pair of shoes and you change your mind, it's not any different than me saying to this woman, well, pushing a horde of ants away with your hands is not really going to work. You might want to get out the raid and just that imagery change, even though she's awake, it doesn't matter because dreaming is just thinking. So I'm already setting another mood by saying that. And of course, two days later, she called to tell me that she got the raid out and ended the affair. Wow. Wow. That's cool to know. I did not know that about dreams because I mean, I know that it's part of your subconscious unconscious coming up, but then to be able to, in the waking moment, change your mind and change your thinking about it. Right. That's great. And that was an action point of entry because the action the dreamer was taking, it didn't fit. It didn't fit. So it's different than the symbols point of entry a little Uh bit got more to do and her feelings also clicked us into what happened because what was it that started out to be and notice how she uses a picnic outside of the house having fun on a blanket right exactly wow (laughs) wow she was playing outside of the house (laughs) so exactly Yikes. Yeah. So, Rainey, you, you, so there's, uh, you've mentioned a couple points of entry, the symbol point of entry, the action point of entry, and how many others? The feeling. feeling how do I feel in the dream? Oh, I felt so scared. And then it's like a dance. You come outside the dream. What do you think is going on this week that's making you feel afraid? And it might not be afraid. It might be just a little bit nervous. But if you're sweeping and you're not acknowledging that you're a little apprehensive about something, you better believe that you're going to get a dream that's going to scare the heck out of you. And that's because you're not even acknowledging that you're a little bit nervous about something. Right. It creates a balance because we are self-regulating organisms. So it creates a balance, a nightmare. And it also grabs your attention successfully because you start talking about it and your unconscious wants you to talk about it. Your unconscious is never lying to you, ever. Well, so what that says to me too, Lainey, is that, uh, because this is what I believe in, um, is that we're all uh, connected, that there is this divine source that informs us and and we have access to in terms of wisdom and all that stuff. And so when you're talking about that, that's also like your unconscious uh, say, whispering to you, right? You know, when people, people yes. that meditate talk about, oh, well, I want to hear that still small voice. Well, it, it's all the same thing. It's all, it's all there. right. We it's have all, all the information, right? Yeah. And your, and your unconscious in your dreams is not whispering at you. <laughs> no, not move. It's giving you, it's giving you the solutions like right there. And the thing that I love about dream analysis, and this for me is the most probably one of the most important things I'm going to say. Because of the fact that we are so unique, we have us human beings so many things in common, like teeth falling out when we're six or seven years old, for example, and you see that happen in dreams. So there's some similarities about things that happen to us in our, in our waking life, but how we process what's happening to us and our database of memories and associations, we are actually beyond individual. We are 
individuals. And for every moment that you spend looking in while you're doing dream analysis and, and looking for individuation or maturation, that back nine, that different, playing a different game on the back nine, doing it different than your parents, for every moment that you're working on changing yourself, you are spending the exact same amount of time not looking out at change, trying to change somebody else. Oh my God, I love that. That's very important. It's especially today, these days. Yes. Yes. Everybody's with this group thing. You're on this side, you're on that side. Uh, yeah, it's, the, it's very divisive. And dream analysis really brings you home. And I mean home to who you are as an individual. And that we are not this big group. It's not a group think. It's that each of us is so wonderfully individual. And who was it that said, celebrate the differences? I think it was Frederick Pearls who um, developed Gestalt. Uh, yeah, therapy. yeah. You know, right. so what this, re what this says to me is, um, because one of the things that I teach is self-responsibility. Because if I can't be responsible for my, my thoughts, my actions, responsible for how I take care of myself, do I love myself, am I resting or nurturing myself if i can't do that i can't be a a better person out in the world and Absolutely. and so so many people uh, uh well going back to divorce laney so many people in relationship think the other person did it to them right right the other person has harmed them the other person has hated them or manipulated them and right. yes that is possibly true but when in my experience and this is what i do with clients is help them to reset within themselves first finding where do i love myself where are those shadow spots that i gave away or right. those positive things about myself that i gave away and and then how do i want to bring it back in and do i even want some of that stuff i gave away maybe i don't you well, know? you always need, there's always a time where you need something. Yeah. And yeah. it's all this big bag of responses to the people and people and situations in your life. You want to have this grab bag and it makes you so powerful to not just respond. Like, you know, if you're like, um, if you're someone who lets it out right away, how you're feeling, then Good for you if you're exercising, sitting back. Yes. And thinking about a little bit, thinking about it a little bit. Yes. So you want to just, um, you know, and if you're someone that's not pushy, there's some situations where you need to be pushy. Like yeah. if I'm meeting with my bank manager, I'm going to go with my knee-jerk reaction and be like the seven-year-old who's not speaking up right because i want to i'm going to do my knee jerk reaction it might fit and be appropriate in that situation with the bank manager but if one of my lovely daughters says something to me that i'm not happy about i don't i'm not, it's not going to be appropriate to not speak right keep it back so you want to be able to pick and choose how you respond to each situation well and i love your idea of the back nine or the back 40, right? The rest of the yeah. life thing, you know, because when yeah. we hit that middle point, 
there is dramatic change that happens for a lot of people, whether, whether it's a divorce or a death in the family or a job career change or Something. empty nesting. And, and to me, that's the reset point. You know, that's where, that's my, that became my pivot point. Okay. This is who I was up until now. Who do I want to be for the rest of my life? And it sounds like, um, the work that you do, Lainey, is really important because it can help individuals to be more at choice. Do I want to? Of course. Do and I want to have a picnic and, and then right. free the raid? That's okay? right. That's Crazy. right. And I'm just, um, I was, uh, I had like two things on my mind. You really can tell I'm 66. Oh, no, 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 no. Not a word of truth there. One of, one of the things I, I did want to say is that um, you're, you're, uh, we, we build up this identity about how we see ourselves. And every time you exercise a certain part, a shadow of yourself mm -hmm. that you're not as comfortable with, and every time you exercise that muscle, it's like you're taking another brick, a new brick, and you're putting it somewhere else. And then you exercise that muscle again, and you put another brick there. And as you pile up the bricks on the other side, you're building a new identity. So you no longer have to necessarily relate. And I was gonna say to you about the victim, this is what I wanted to say. And it's funny, yeah. this is how I finished the first book by um, talking about that if, for me, true love, but I mean true real love, is looking at the other, the person, whether it's a husband, a kid, it doesn't matter who it is, looking at that person exactly as they are, who they are, with zero intention of uh, changing them in any way, shape or form, and now you've looked at that person, you accept them for exactly who they are, and now you make a decision. Is this the kind of person that I want to be with? So there's no victim. There's yeah. no such a thing as a victim. Because if you are really accepting the other person and you've gotten out of the mode of that you're going to change somebody, yeah. which by the way, you have no power to change somebody else. This is the worst news I'm going to give the <laughs> Today, we have zero power of changing somebody else. And so if you're going to focus only on yourself and building up these goodies that you give to yourself and you start pu putting building blocks about being nice to yourself today, be nice to yourself twice tomorrow, be right. twice to yourself in two weeks, be twice to yourself, nice to yourself three times. And so you keep building this new image of yourself in the interior you look at people and accept them as being on their own path doing their own thing you're not god you're not there to change anybody and now you've decided well you know what this person it's too much pushiness for me and when i'm being nice to myself i don't surround myself with that kind of energy yeah. so i'm going to spend less time that person's going to now become an acquaintance and that's not who I'm going to bring into my close fold of people who I consider good friends. Now there's no victim. There's not somebody that stopped uh, calling you. It's you who decided that you don't want to be with that person. So this is the only person you can change is yourself. And, I'm, and I, as you're saying all this, I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's a completely different take on Gandhi's quote, be the change you want to see in the world. Right? 
it's but you, it's but you are personal, right? But you are being the change you want to see in the world if you're only focused on growth within yourself and you're not busy trying to look out and change somebody else and control people and all that stuff. Exactly. Wow. So the book is called uh, "Have a Great Dream." Decoding your dreams to discover your full potential. I love that. Again, I got chills, Lainey. I don't know what's going on here. But Lainey Delphin, and, and how can they get the book? It, can, you can go to haveagreatdream.com. Haveagreatdream.com. Yeah, and uh, uh, one book, book one is only about 100 pages, and we can all thank my 20 <laughs> Sorry. It's Okay. We can all thank my 26-year-old who said to me, Mommy, could you say it in less than 350 pages, please? Oh, good. So it's, um, it's just 100 pages, the first book. And it gives, and then for people who want to look deeper, they can buy book two, which is a deeper discussion. And those are the people that are happy to read 350 pages. <laughs> that would be me. Most of us. Hold on just a sec. All right, so Lainey Delphin, and what a great, lovely conversation. I am so appreciative of the amazing work that you're doing in the world in helping people uh, exercise their under-exercise stuff and get you know, <laughs> clear on what's happening for them. Thank you so much for the work that Thank you do. Thank you so much, Susan, for inviting me. Yay. Okay, <laughs> talking to you later, I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, that wraps up our chat for today. Thanks for joining me. And if you want to learn more, go to susanburrell.com. You can contact me through the website. There's blogs for you to read. There are videos to watch. And remember, I am an intuitive healer and spiritual guide at the crossroads of life. And I would be more than honored to help you on your journey to live an empowered life. And so it is. Namaste. Namaste.